Hello everybody. Hello there. Hi. How are you doing? Waiting the happen. How's life? Trust you are having a good day. Trust you had a great week and trust March is going well. For all those that were shouting that February was too long and they hadn't got their salaries and stuff like that. Hope you're happy now. Hope you have your salary. It's already 5th March, so even if government delayed your salary, I think suppose salaries came this morning. <laughs> so, I mean, you should have your salary by now, so you're fine. Yeah, so in the while since we've spoken last, people have gotten salaries here. One of us has had a birthday, very lucky one, where she had lunch with a few people or with someone <laughs> but she didn't have the virtual party which we spoke about you know yourself catch yourself uh but in more serious in a more serious lights we've had the world engineers day on on the 2nd of march and on the 8th of march is the international women's day so, in line with the International Women's Day, for this episode and next episode, we'll be speaking with great women. Great women of our time. <laughs> we'll be speaking with two women, lovely women. Uh, on this episode, we're privileged to speak with one of them. You'll get to hear from her in a few minutes, I guess. <laughs> you get to hear from her in a few minutes. Uh, we speak about her life as a woman, a strong woman at that. A mother, an engineer, and I believe some perspectives on things. So combining the International Women's Day with the World Engineers Day, we decided to speak with a female engineer. So she speaks about her ideas in the sector of engineering. Sorry, her beliefs. So it's more of a social angle to engineering, interactions with people. So it's not about technicalities. And I think it's very interesting in terms of dynamics for young people that want to go into the engineering sector or they are young in that sector. Where you get to understand stuff. I mean, even the secondary school or university students who is trying to figure out their way and what it to be like, this can help you paint a picture of what it would be like for you. And even if you're not an engineer, I mean, it gives you an angle into someone's world. For example, the weirdest thing happened, I think last week, I listened to a podcast about football referees and their private life. About one of the, it's actually just one referee, but it speaks about his private life. And it gives you a different angle when you see people and what they do and the struggles they had to go through to get to that part, to this part or to get to where they are right now. So without further ado, here she is. So are you a hello person or a good morning person? Good afternoon. What kind of greeting is your greeting? Morning. Anyone good morning. Goes? Good morning. Good morning. No, I mean you mean to somebody greeting me or anyone someone greeting you. Would you rather say hello or good morning? I don't really care. Okay. Well, if I'm the one greeting, I normally say good morning or good afternoon, something like that. But I don't really care. So a cool adult, because most adults in Nigeria, if you don't. Yeah, my husband doesn't like the children too. Amy is one of saying hello. So when she tells her dad hello, that <laughs> curious. me, I don't mind. When she says hello, I answer. At least the person is greeting, so it doesn't really matter. Okay. Uh so yeah. So basically, from my understanding of you, you're a woman, a strong woman at that, because. I've not had detailed conversations, but I've spoken to your daughter about you before. No, don't mind her. She thinks she's going to be on the pedestal like this. I don't mind her. I don't know why. She feels like... So you're a strong woman, a wife, a mother, an engineer. Mm-hmm. And should I call you a church person? Or you seem active in church. Yeah. So I think those, those are 
the areas that I've seen as you. Okay. Yeah, so that, those are the like aspects that I'll be exploring okay. during the course of my questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, on a lighter note, let's start with random things. Do you speak any other languages besides English and... I speak... Hausa? Well, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't say Hausa first. Okay. I speak English. <laughs> okay. And gas, which is my own language. Okay. And then, of course, Hausa. Just those three? Mm-hmm. How about Pigeon? Pigeon. You don't speak pigeon? Um, I don't like people speaking. I do it once in a while when I feel the, um, I mean, um, when I think the person doesn't understand me. Okay. And then with my friends, rarely. So they're always surprised when I say something in pigeon because I don't encourage it. That's funny though, because mm. pigeon is cool. I mean, pigeon is so cool it's, that... It's not cool. I find it very irritating in the office when I hear people speaking pigeon, really. And in the office, you just hear people speaking pidgin throughout. And I'm like, this is an office environment, yeah, a formal environment. environment. People should speak English, you know. But I mean, pidgin is, it's been accepted little by little. For example, now, I know. there are some pidgin words that are accepted in the English dictionary. Like I know, down I know like maybe that. when it gets to that stage, I feel that pidgin spoils somebody's, um, um, maybe it's your use of English. Okay. It affects somebody's um, use of English. Especially little kids. I don't allow my children to speak pidgin. At all, it's an offense to speak English uh, pigeon in my house. Wow. <laughs> yes, I remember when they were kids. They'll be like, when anyone, maybe someone wants to be naughty, then he will say a word of pigeon. Then the others will be like, <gasps> so 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 he's speaking. They, they call it pigeon language. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, what would you say are your passions? What are you passionate about? What's your thing? Mm. Let me say, um, I have this passion. I mean, my passion is maybe helping those that are genuinely less privileged. I okay. enjoy it. I don't know why it gives me joy. When I help somebody that I know is genuinely in need. Really. So I, um, I even have like, it's not a registered NGO, but I have something that I do that maybe, oh. especially towards paying uh, pain school fees. Yes, of people that have identified that are less privileged. I do that, and it gives me joy. So that's my passion, really. That's interesting. Uh, I derive pleasure in that. I don't know why it makes me feel happy. So. I mean, I think well, I think everybody was made to be a community, so seeing someone in need can mm. feed your... Mm. As, long, as long as it's... Because for a lot of people out there, it's, it just feeds their ego. As no, long no, as it, it, it makes me... It, I don't know, inside, it makes me happy. I don't know why it makes me happy. You know, you just... Then, seeing as... I mean, in this day and age, there's this whole fight for equality, the rise up of feminism, and mm. what's your stand on that being a woman? Okay. Um, I'm not a feminist. You can't be a feminist and be a Christian at the same time. Okay. Because the Bible is very clear. The man is the head of the woman. However... It doesn't mean because somebody is the head should trample on my rights. And I'm all for um, empowering, female empowerment. I'm all for it. I believe a woman should be empowered because I believe that when a woman is empowered, in fact, it goes a long way in helping the family and the society at large. So I don't believe in the fact that maybe you have boys, so you try to promote the boys and you just leave the girl there. I feel you should give them equal opportunities. That's, but when I'm saying the man is the head, I don't mean any man on the street. Oh. My husband <laughs> is the head, yes. So I'm, if I'm in the office 
and I'm your boss, you better um, understand the fact that I'm your boss. Don't look at me as if I'm a woman and talk to you, talk down on me, you know? So I don't know whether I've made myself clear. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not the, I'm not, um, I don't mean that every man on the street is more superior. He's superior to me or something. Yeah. I don't believe in that. But I, even my husband, not that I'm saying he's superior, but he's the head. There has to be a head in every partnership. Yeah, there yeah. has to be a head. So he's the head. So, however, it doesn't mean that um, when I'm out there trying to do me, especially maybe in a professional setup or a setting or anything, then you now talk down on me because you feel I'm less, I'm not superior, I'm less superior because um, I'm inferior because I'm a woman. I, I don't like that. Uh, I think I, I sort of agree with you, but uh, I, I personally believe that the whole idea of feminism started from where you're coming from. That in society, for example, everyone should be equal, but in things like marriages, partnerships, there's already a set principle in Christianity, for example, that the man is ahead. But if in a work setting, there should not be a thing of the man should be ahead and the woman should be well, I feel like the way Nigeria was set up, mm. I don't know if it's Africa in general, I've never explored other countries in Africa, but because of the fact that in the, in the olden days, men went to work and women yeah, were in we charge of mm-hmm. the house. Mm-hmm. So they never got ex- the professional experience. So when we sort of saw women coming into professional settings, then everything was like, okay, since you are here now, we came here before you, you should always be on the house. So I think that's where feminism started from, but people are taking their own yeah, different angles. Of, yes. and because even in the office, I mean, I've experienced that a lot because um, you might be doing, you might be working harder than a guy, a man, but you will see that he will be given more responsibility. You know, you're even smarter than him, but he'll be given more responsibility because he's a man. So for you to be able to get that responsibility, you must work maybe like 10 times harder than him for you to be noticed as a lady. So, but I, I believe that um, with time, we'll get there. Okay, so let, with that, let's see, let's transition into your work life. Mm. Uh, you're an engineer. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was it like being a female engineer? Because, for example, when I was in school, mm. which is probably three, four years ago, I think it was like seven girls to 80 boys or something like that. Okay, so you can imagine mine that I was in school 30 years. I left school 30 years ago, <laughs> what it was like. <laughs> so it's, um, it's interesting. But as I said, at times, initially, that initial stage, there's this, you know, ego in the part of the men. Number one, they forget that though you're an engineer or a lady, they might want to talk to you anyhow, the way they talk to their fellow men. And then when you respond the same way they've spoken to you, they, they get offended, thinking, oh, you're a woman, why should you talk to them that way? But after a while, when they get used to you, then you become one of the boys, really. <laughs> so the um, maybe the your approach to them, the, what they cannot take from their wives at home or something, they can take from you or vice versa. And then the way they talk to you, they might not be able to talk to other women like that because they know that those ones will take offense. But because you are used to guy talk, the way guys talk, they can just say anything to you and, you know, so due to time in their presence, you sort of become more of an engineer than a woman to them. No, you become like a guy. That's why my children at times they mistaken that fact. Like my daughter one day was saying, um, I'm a tomboy. I, I had to correct her that I'm not a tomboy. It's just that I have many male friends. And because of where I found myself. Yeah. So actually, I'm now even more comfortable having male friends 
than female friends because with men they will just say things and they don't really go and ponder on it you know you say things to each other and after you've left that place that is the end of it but for women the lady you say something she might go back home ponder on it and tomorrow come back and give it a different meaning and that will be the beginning of your problems you know so i prefer i'm more comfortable actually being with men than with ladies Okay. Mm. Uh, when you were going along this path of engineering, mm. why did you choose this path? First of all, let's start from there. Why this path? This is like, for example, I chose engineering because mm. I always go behind the TV and touch one or two things, and then my parents started <laughs> seeing a few things in my ears, and those whispers became actually. Let me try this thing out, mm. and that's how I, I got here today. Honestly, and it's, I'm not saying I don't have a passion for mm. it, but. I th- it was always that thing of if you could start doing that, that means you fa- probably found that aspect of life intriguing. And that's why I went on this path. But for you, what was it? Okay, number one. It's not, what was it? It was elimination, kind of. I was doing all the science courses, biology and everything, but I knew I couldn't do medicine. <laughs> I just knew I couldn't do medicine because um, I have this phobia for blood and all whatnot. So I couldn't do medicine. The next thing is, um, I started hearing some of the girls in my class, you know, they want to read engineering, civil engineering. And when we were growing up, civil engineering actually was a thing in book. <laughs> yes, most people were read civil engineering, you know, because in those days, civil, civil engineering, Nigeria was rich. Yeah. And so many constructions and all that. So civil engineering was the in thing. So that was how I chose civil engineering. Not because of passion for anything. <laughs> Just that, okay, I couldn't do medicine. Everybody was expecting me as a lady to do medicine. I knew I couldn't do it, so I didn't go near it. And then towards when I was, when I've already filled my jam form, I think, I started thinking of pharmacy. Yes, but you know, you can't join pharmacy and uh, civil engineering. <laughs> when you had, because the subjects, <laughs> you, can't, you have to put biology. So yeah. that was how I got stuck with um, civil engineering. So it's not because um, maybe something along the line maybe i i realized that this is what i liked or any i didn't even understand i just knew that civil engineering i didn't i didn't know the depth of civil engineering i just knew okay construction of road and buildings that's all that's all i knew about civil engineering so it was a blind journey basically yes okay. yes but it was okay i i think it was the right um, it was blind but it was if you're 20 again will you go down the same path uh maybe I'll still do engineering, but not, maybe not civil. civil. Okay. Any reasons? Because really, I, I can't really do anything. I mean, I don't like reading too much. You can become a social media activist. People are making money from that now. <laughs> uh, no, I can't really... I'm not good at writing. Oh, okay. I can't write properly. I hate reading too much. I enjoy calculations. So, what else can I do? Oh, all right. <laughs> So, and through this process, you say it was a blind journey. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had to step back and ponder on what you've done? Have you ever had to employ patients? Have you ever questioned the decision at any point, or you just okay, it be all there, right? There was a time I actually wanted to change to electrical, but not because I thought there was something wrong with the civil engineering. Just because then, that was when Nigeria started having issues, so there was no money less constructions and everything. So we're told, oh, there's no future in civil engineering. So then I wanted to change to 
electrical engineering. But I wasn't allowed to change, so that's it. That was still in university? Yes. All right. Well, mm. I'm happy that they didn't allow me to change. And if you were to advise an engineer now, mm -hmm. well, what advice would you give them on the career itself? Because I think if... Okay, you years? know, there are more resources now. Yeah. So you can go and, um, you know, you can, you can research it. Like my daughter wanted to... She was contemplating civil engineering and um, computer engineering. So what I did was... So I went to... Is it NIIT? I think that's the name of the company. They deal with uh, hardware. Yeah. So I now got her there. She did her long vacation there. And she enjoyed it. And that was what informed her. Saying that she wanted to read... Um, that she wants to read uh, this... Uh, what is it? Computer engineering. Okay. So I think... You can research it. You can try. You, there are many places you can do attachment, you know. Just go there before you get to the uh, this thing. Like during long vacation now. When you are maybe in GS, you can decide, that, okay, this this long vacation, let me attach myself to a civil construction company and see what will happen. Or maybe it's one computer outfit and see what will happen. Or something. Just try something. And see whether you really enjoy, you know, you enjoy doing it. Because you should be able to enjoy what you're doing. Oh, okay. So, in, you believe in work, there should be enjoyment? Mm-hmm. How much of enjoyment, actually? Because I read something somewhere that... Okay, there should be... Um, how would I say? There should be something driving you. Okay. Yes, there should be something, you know, driving you, pushing you to want to really excel in that thing. But when you're bored with it, then something, there's a problem. There's, there should be something that makes it exciting. So is like, it I find calculation exciting. Okay. Because I like playing puzzles. Okay. And in my mind, I think calculation, you know, solving problems is like solving puzzles. That's how I see it. And as an are engineers, people, people kind of people, okay. For example, are you a people person? Uh, I'm not. Okay. Um, not, I don't think they are, really. So Most you don't enjoy like interactions? Um, I've started interacting with people now. Even my husband is, uh, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can learn. Okay. But initially I didn't use. Oh, okay. Mm. But especially with ladies, I don't know why. I used to find it very difficult to interact with Were you quiet as a child? As a child, I was not quiet. But because of some events in my life, oh, okay, I right. now became not quite. I became withdrawn. Let me oh, use that right. word. But I actually think it's a general thing. Okay, I, I don't know about older people, but amongst the youth, is a lot. A lot of times, it's easier for people of opposite sex to interact. No, not during my time. You interact with your, your sex, <laughs> not opposite sex. So you're the old one out so of your time. So if you check, even when you hear people on the pulpit, I've had many people talking. They'll be like, "How?" Even in the office. Some of them. In fact, I have this friend. I've been friends with him for like 27 years. And all of a sudden, we just were transferred to this new place. And they saw me always going to lunch with him and everything. And they started having ideas in their head. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, even you see people in... Uh, I've had my, one of my pastors preaching before that. Um, what is... Um, which kind of friendship is... How can there be a friendship between a male and a female? Which kind of friendship is that? So, okay. in the older generation, yes, you, you go with your... Your gender. Yeah, with your gender. But <laughs> however, 
when I was employed in uh, my place of work, I was the only lady amongst 30-something men. So who do you want me now to go and call when we were going for lunch? Should I go and look for a lady somewhere? So oh, can we go for lunch? Or I mean, it will be the guys I will go for lunch with. <laughs> and their wives know me actually. Oh okay. Their wives, everybody knows. You know. There's nothing in the yes. friendship. Yes. So they know me. My husband knows all of them. So you know. I mean, it's it's a lot of trust and interpersonal issues. I think that's what it is. I think once you have established trust with them, with their partners, I think it's always fun. Well, I, I think maybe the way the, the partners who present me, they don't see me as a threat. And then, when you have men as friends, you don't go out, except maybe during lunch, that you go to eat during lunch. That one is, by the way. But like going out, weekends, you don't go out with the guy alone. You go out with, as a family. That's how it, for me, that's how we used to uh-huh. do. You, know, you go out as a family. You don't go out because the guy, unlike a lady that you can decide, that, okay, let's go out today, maybe to the cinema or something. When you have a male friend, you can't call him, especially when he's married. When he's not married, that one is different. But when he's married, you can't call a male friend and say, let's go uh, to the cinema. No, no, no. Tell your wife. You two, you tell your husband. Oh, let's go to the cinema. You know, that's that okay. Kind of that or sense. if your husband is not around, maybe I travel. You can tag along, but he will bring yeah. his wife at her. That's how it works. Because if you go alone with him, then you will start creating some. That yeah. one is that one is no longer fresh. You <laughs> start having ideas. <laughs> then uh, you've spoken about your children in bits and pieces. What's life like as a mom for you? Uh, the journey of being a mother. Uh, do you find it intriguing? Has it been interesting? For example, there are people in our age that, as a, for example, me at some point, I consider never having kids at all. It's not. It's, it's, it's not a thing of. I uh, having kids. I feel is a blessing. First of all, it's interesting, but it's also difficult. You know, especially when they are in that teenage age. They start acting up, so it makes it very, very difficult. Really. And then as a parent, what makes it difficult is that when you know that your child is suffering in one way or the other, when you don't, you know, when you can't solve that problem for the child, that one too is very, I mean, it's very um, distressing, very distressful, very stressful, I mean, very stressful when you have a child, the child maybe has one need, maybe emotional needs or any kind of need, you know, or maybe the child is sick and you know you can't do anything about it, that one is... For me as a parent, that one normally, you know, it's, it makes me feel... Um, so did you have to evolve over time? Hmm? Did you have to evolve and learn new things in your journey on, of parenting? Yeah, you learn new things. I regret some things. Okay. Yes, you learn new things, you know. I mean, nobody was taught how to be a parent. So you learn, <laughs> you learn as, you know, and then some of the things you do, you copy them from your from how your parents used to, you know, maybe treat you or, you know, like, I'm the type, I, I beat my children a lot. And that's how I was raised. I wish I could, I could, um, I could find another way of disciplining my children, but I don't know any oh. other way. So those kind of things, you know, so, well, I, I, I didn't beat them the way I was beaten, but, you know, it's still... <laughs> <laughs> So at times you copy from them, but you learn along the uh, along the road. Do you consider yourself a cool parent? Huh? Do you consider yourself a cool parent? I think to some extent, I'm not so. Um, how will I say now? 
I'm aware of, unlike other parents. Yeah, woke. The, <laughs> you understand what's going on around. Yes. Um, unlike other parents that don't really understand. I understand what is uh, happening. I know all the stories. I mean, I read a lot. I go okay. to, I, I mean, I read a lot. So if you try to tell me something, at least I'm not like blank and wondering what is happening. <laughs> In fact, there was a time my daughter said, um, initially, when we started um, being able to buy things online, she said, I'm the only parent that she knows that pays all the bills online. <laughs> so, okay. I said that quite early. Oh, okay. Yes. So, when parents would be like, oh, I don't want to use my card, I don't want, and I'm like, excuse me, Nigeria is one of the safest places you can use your card because <laughs> the moment you have your phone. Yeah. Even if the person steals your card or your number and he puts everything, that... Um, OTTP. Uh, yeah. It has to come to your phone. So that's a very secure way of um, purchasing, of purchasing thing, yeah. things. So I'm not afraid of the Nigerian card. He wants a brother. So, but some of them, I mean, they don't want to even touch the card at all. So. Do you go as far as learning slangs? Are there any slangs that children use uh, that you know about? Okay. The first time I heard of uh, LOL, I think, what did I call it? That they were laughing. <laughs> they were laughing. But I don't care for most of the slang uh, okay. because I can't keep up. Uh, okay. That's, that's nice to hear, actually. Cause... But some of the. You know, I don't. I can't keep up. There are so <laughs> many. There are so many slangs. And then, as a person, what's, what's your idea of success? Success. What's a successful life to you? Uh, really, the success, um, maybe the first one. The first one. If my children turn out well, then I think I've done well. And really, that's my major thing, my major concern. Want my children to turn out well. And the turning out well is not the money they will make be good citizens you understand fear god if they can be that then i think i've been a success i mean i mean what else can <laughs> a person ask for so that's my own idea of um success really that's interesting. because i feel that if my children should be wayward and um, not follow christ then i'm a failure that's how i feel i don't know why i feel that way i feel then um, i failed i feel i mean i failed big time that's how I see it. Oh. Yes. So, for now, your major idea of success, uh, the first thing is your children, basically. Yes. It's right. So, which means your, your life must have transitioned some, a bit between your 20s and now. Your, your um, angle on life must have changed because now... Yes, I used to be very ambitious. I used to... Um, in fact, my dream then, I remember then I wanted to be... I wanted to have a PhD. And, you know, but life happens to everybody. So, <laughs> along the line. And then, at times, you, what, um, what you consider... I mean, you're, you keep evolving. Maybe one thing that you consider to be success today might not be what you consider to be success the next day. So, for me now, actually, my children are what determines... I mean, if I'm like my daughters now, my fear was that let them not veer off. That was my major concern. Let them not veer off from the faith. You know, uh, I just want my children to you know, be focused on God and be upright citizens, do the right thing and all that. 
So if I can achieve that in all my children, then wow, I think that's interesting. I was going to hear something about yourself, or that you brought kids into it, uh, and I guess your life actually changes when you have children. <laughs> <laughs> Because right now, okay, I won't say I'm selfish, but yeah. to be honest, that's one of the reasons why. No, for now you have dicey. to think of yourself alone because you are, you are, it's only you. So maybe success to you is maybe to have one career or maybe to be one billionaire or something. Uh, in terms of your career, I think this is this my final question. Mm-hmm. What's the best advice you ever got from anybody? Or did you have to consult anybody during the course of your career? You don't have to limit it to just career. Like mm-hmm. in life in general, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? So it's always good to make, you know, give room for somebody. You know, don't just write off people. Because somebody that you think you're, you're trying to write off today, tomorrow that person will be somebody different. So maybe in the journey of life, maybe the person has come to you in the journey of life, maybe he's going through one issue or the other. So always try to make room for people because you don't know what they're going through. You understand what I'm saying? So even in the office, when you're dealing with people, you're subordinates. That's why they teach us this uh, emotional intelligence. intelligence I mean. You don't know what the person is going through. You don't know, maybe he'll come to the office that day frowning, you know, and, you know, misbehaving and all that. You don't know what has happened. Maybe the person has a child that is sick in the hospital. He's just, you know, his mind is not at work. And, and, you know, so you have to nicely ask the person, what's the problem? By the time you start asking, the person knows that you're coming from a genuine uh, place. He'll be able to open up to you and you see why the person is acting up. And then you can advise. So always give room. For others. I know you said the last question was the last one. What is the last one? <laughs> if you are to solve your world problem, mm. pick one random one to solve. Ah, corruption. <laughs> that was so quick. Yes, corruption. <laughs> Any reasons why? Do you think there, there are no major issues? Or you think if, if you fix corruption, it fixes a lot of other things? Oh, you, feel, you fix everything, especially in our nation. If you can fix corruption, every other thing, everything will be okay. Everything. Is it the ritual? The ritual is killing people. He won't kill anymore because he's not interested in making a billions overnight. Is it the 419 guy? <laughs> he won't do it again because he's not interested in that one. Is it people um, abusing their offices and, you know, they won't be interested in that anymore. And then is it people um, running through the traffic lights when it's red? <laughs> they won't do that. That's part of corruption. Or people not being orderly when you're in traffic or anywhere, or even in the bank trying to shunt and all that. People not do it. So if you solve the issue of corruption, you solve, you solve everything. Okay, I think that'll be all for now. Thank okay. you very much for your time. <laughs> You've been very helpful. I've heard quite a number of things. Are you so, sure? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Hopefully, I will, we'll be back for some more. <laughs> because, <laughs> not just me, because we'll be listening to this. So, uh, Maybe in a year or two, maybe in two months, maybe in two weeks. It depends. And if we have more questions, I say we because people are listening to this also, so they will hear this. And because the the whole goal of all, of all this is mm. to see how people before has gone for have, have gone have done going forward and what makes them who they are, and then that can help you shape who you want to be also. So, for example, there's this thing that uh, you you might hear one thing a thousand times, but the 1,001 time you hear it might be when it sticks to you. So it might be something very little that you've said today that to you is nothing because you've already gone through it. But to someone that's going through it, it's easier to undertake. So thank you very much, man. You're welcome. Yeah, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, you did not realize that I said the 1,001 time. <laughs>
Yeah. Thank you once again for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to share with someone. Please share with any female you know that's looking to get into the engineering sector. Any female you know. Any female you generally. Because, I mean, you all be mothers also. And it gives you like a perspective of how someone's world has changed. It doesn't mean your world will change in that same way. But your world will definitely change. So, I wish you the best. Don't forget, be patient to yourself and live life one day at a time. Bye.